This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We are continuing uh, with our uh, Mashiach series. So this is the third class in the series of Mashiach. This, um, what's, what's, uh, what's, gonna, what's important about the first, like, the two classes is I always recommend to go listen and catch up if you, if you didn't hear. But these classes, the way that they're going to be presented, it's going to be done in a way that you don't need any previous knowledge that we spoke about beforehand, or at least 90% of it you don't need, uh, to go to the, to, to the coming classes. Because we're going to be giving these classes sporadically. So we're giving one now, we'll give one, we'll, we'll spread it out because there's a lot of classes in it. And, too much Mashiach in one time. I don't know, you guys will turn into a different type of sect. Of, uh, that, um, that, uh, but, but in any case, so we will, um, we will continue now. This is part three. This is really the second part. This is a continuation of the end of days or end of times. What's going to happen at the end of times? We're going to be speaking about signs that you see that uh, the end of days is coming. Um, and how do, how do we know that, that Mashiach is imminent and it's at our doorstep? So, the Gemara, we'll start off with the first, uh, the first uh, part is the Gemara in Sotah, page 49b says, In the days of Mashiach, the truth will be hidden. So to explain this, um, the Rabbi Rab- Dessler explains it and it says that uh, people are going to be insincere. They're going to appear to be, you know, outside serving God and, you know, being religious. But inside, they're full of falsehood and, you know, just, just like fakers. They're a bunch of fakers that they're pretending to be the real thing. Um, and this is what our sages says that one of the reasons that the that the that the temple was destroyed of the of the few reasons is because you had people that were learning Torah but they were learning Torah selfishly just because they wanted to prove to show themselves as a um, as they have the intellectual capabilities they have the, the the knowledge base of of what it takes to learn Torah so they learned it for the for the wrong reasons just to show off their wisdom and and unfortunately we have that nowadays also I have um, one of my I have I have a, one of my pet peeves um, is when I'm speaking let's say I'm saying a story I'm saying a story so there's like there's like one guy who's like sitting in the back it's always it's always like sitting in the back never someone that who's like so I start this story and then he's like oh yeah I know this and he says that punchline and I'm like come on I'm like what what do you gain from that absolutely nothing um, so then it happened one time that he goes up and he's like, oh yeah, this happens that the king, you know, kills the son or whatever, something, you know. And I'm like, nope, uh, different story, sorry. So, so I continue the story maybe about 30 seconds later. He's like, oh, oh, the princess, there's the princess. I'm like, I'm like, nope, still, still a different story. And he probably interrupted the story probably like five, six times just to try to give the punchline. I'm literally, I'm like, like, dude, if you just zip it, you'll hear the story. Like, you, why are you trying to guess? There's not, what, what do you gain from that? And that, well, I didn't tell him the whole thing. I just told him to zip it. But, um, I said, you know, when you think about it, what do people gain? You have people when they say, you're saying something and they're like, oh yeah, and they throw in the punchline or say the joke and you throw in the punchline, make the other guy feel good. Like, you don't know it and it's funny for the first time. You know, it's like, you know, aren't you, aren't you good? I didn't say banana. Wow. It's the first time I ever heard that. You know, like make the person feel happy that they this that you're doing something. Why you got to go and 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 one up them and tell them, oh, I know this already. And the answer is because you want to show that you have the knowledge. You know this already. So you, you it's it's this fakehood. And there are many people that when when they're listening, for example, to a devout Torah or a story, the main reason that they're listening to this is so that they could say it over to somebody else. Now, there's not there's not the majority of people, but there are many people that that's, they, that's it's no no no, which is good. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying, still do it. But the, 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 the inside, the, it's not the true reason why you should be doing it. The real reason, and I'm not saying, don't get me wrong that you shouldn't be spreading Torah. By all means, you should. You should spread the Torah and you should, you should, uh, you know, say it over. But the, the main thing that a person, that when he comes in, is, I'll give you an example. I have somebody, 
who comes to one of my classes, um, one of my classes that are really long, like, you know, a few hours long, um, and always after every single class, he comes over to me, he's like, so you have a Dvar Torah for me. I'm like, I, I just spoke for like three hours, like literally three hours, like, and nothing. And so you just want, to, well, even a short one, I, you, three hours, you could pick something that's going to be out short. <laughs> but um, one of the main things that is that the, the reason why people want to learn, and I'm not saying they shouldn't learn, even if they have this reason, even if their reason is for bad reasons, it says, which means is even if you do something for the wrong reason, keep on doing it. Do the bad, do the good thing for the wrong reason, because eventually it's going to turn out good. But the sincerity, the real depth in it is you want to learn because it's going to get you closer to God. You want to learn for the, for the, for the right reasons, not for, not for the wrong, for, for the wrong reasons. And again, if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, keep on doing it. Don't stop. The, um, there, there is, um, you know, another thing that, that, uh, people, let's say, do chesed. When people do chesed, let's say they're going to give charity. They don't give charity unless there's a camera in there and that, you know, or that everyone's taking a picture of them or they get to cut a ribbon out of a go from a golden knife or something that's big that it's going to be in the papers. That's when they'll do the chesed. When it shows out, if they could write their name in gold on this building, then I'll give you the whatever money that you need. But otherwise, it's not worth it for me. And that's, even though, still, Give the money, but it's come on the value of it, the the the, the sincerity of it, the real the the the, the 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 reason for it is is not is not the real. Uh, you don't have the good intent that you're supposed to be having. And this is why you have uh, you know you have some people. Let's say they're giving charity and they're giving more than one bill. They'll always put the largest bill on top, <laughs> and they're like you know. So they'll be like you know, let's say a fifty, and then it's a wad of bills, and the guys like wow, fifties on top. Who knows what's in the bottom? You know, they, and he takes the bill and it's like fifty and like five ones. You know, like oh man, come on. Usually what you should be doing is put the single on top and the 50 inside. So he thinks you're only giving a, a dollar. And then he walks away and he's like, what, this guy gave 50, you know, something, five dollars. And he goes around, he's going to come around, first of all, to ask you for more. And you're going to be gone, but which is good for you also, maybe, uh, and certain, uh, certain, uh, for certain people. But at the same time, you don't, you're, you're not giving it for the reason to be, um, to, you know, so that everybody could see. So, and again, if you're doing that, keep on doing it. But that's, uh, that's what you're doing something that's not, a, not with the right, the, the correct intent. And this is what it says in, in before the days of Mashiach, the truth will be hidden. We see this all the time. Everything, all, all this is happening. Happening, um, you know, um, you know, the, the, there's there's something also on this on this line, which is also one of my pet peeves, that you have organizations that um, that let's say they, they uh, loan money. So it's like a, it's called a gemach in uh, in Hebrew or whatever the Yiddish maybe. Um, but uh, that what they do is is let's say that there's a group of people. Each one contributes let's say a thousand dollars, and let's say there's twenty people, and it's like a, lo- a free loan society. So if one of the members need need to to make a wedding, so they could take out this free loan from this thing, and then they pay it off slowly. And by the next time, you know, the per- next person needs it will also will have will be able to have the money. So. They went over once to a big rabbi who they wanted his blessing because they wanted to start this organization and they called this like chesed organization, you know, for which it, it is chesed. But when he heard all the details in it and he's like, so he asked him, so he says, what happens if somebody who's not in your organization, which means is not in your immediate neighborhood, in a different neighborhood, comes in and he wants to borrow some money? Um, and they answered, they said, well, we'll, you know, kindly say, listen, this is for, you know, for our members only and for the people in our community only, and we would love to help, but unfortunately we're restricted. So the rabbi says, you know, what you're doing is nice, but don't call it chesed. That's not chesed. What you're doing is really just helping yourself. You're just putting money on the side, so eventually you can hold your, help yourself. That's not the real reason that we're doing chesed. You know why we do kindness? We do kindness because we care for the other person regardless of where that person comes from, whether it's coming from your community or, your, or not your community. There are certain organizations that only, there are organizations that they, um, either they teach Torah, or they bring people closer to Torah, or they, who knows what else they do, but they only focus only on their people. 
I'm like, that's not, that's not Kirov. That's not what God wants. God wants if, if you, you know, if you, if there's a Jew over there that needs help and you have the ability, you turn that person away because he's not from your, from your original country. That is absolutely the opposite of Chesed. That's, that's Sinat Chinam. That is, yeah. I'm sorry, but don't we learn that when doing Chesed, one should start within his family and then within his city and then, and then go venture outwards because like you should do it of course are closer to you especially if you have limited resources yeah of course but there's a difference about doing that and turning people away there's a difference about yeah you should do it but uh, there are some there are some places that uh, um, the you know first of all if you look at places let's say Brooklyn there's no you know people that call themselves part of a community where they came from sorry to bust everybody's bubble here you're not part of that community you're, you're a Jew alright you're not Gorski you're not Bukharian you're not uh, you know Ashkenaz you're not Syrian you're a Jew Alright, you don't come from this, this is a land that hosted you. Some might be graciously, it might be very nice, but you don't, you, you know, there's nothing to them. You, you have no connection to them. You might have been all come from the same, so you have the same customs, they're very nice. But you're a Jew, and you'll be always a Jew, and you always was a Jew. Now when you start thinking like that, you're not gonna start, uh, you know, just, you know, being kind only to your, to your kind of people. It'd be like, oh, you know, people get, get nice and be happy, and, and they get this, this connection with, with, of their same kind. We are all of our same kind, and the the problem is is that this is this is a big big lack in in the community that we have to really focus. And these organizations, I really you know these organizations, by the way, usually are not successful. Are all you, of them like that? No, 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 not at all, not at all, not at all. Very, very few. You, most of them are actually really good. So. But, uh, you know, you have these, these, uh, this happened to be one particular case. So, but you have these, you know, the, these, these organizations that they think they're doing the right thing. They think that they're doing it for God. But that's not, is that really, you are, you're doing an amazing thing. But what about, you know, like as, let's say, you know, God is our father. And he has one child that needs help and another child that needs help. And we're going, we'll be like, okay, we'll help you, but you got to find somewhere else. And what is, what is a father thing like that? So I'll be like, so, so I want to hug you and then I want to smack you at the same time. Like, why are you showing favoritism to one of my children when, when I have another child that also needs help? So this is, this is like self-centered, centered, uh, uh, kindness, which is, which is terrible. This is not a way, when you're doing something for God, do it fully. Do it the right way. And the right way is do, doesn't matter who comes. Doesn't matter who needs it, but they, if they need, if they're in a need, then you give it. So that's what, uh, um, that's what the, the, the Gemara is, is uh, one of the things that the truth will be hidden. Everything is, you know, there's so many layers going on and people saying, you know, they'll, they'll smile to somebody at a, you know, wedding and be like, oh, I wish she dies in a painful death and all, you know, like the worst thing. And be like, why? What did you, you know what you do? It's like, oh, you don't know what I know. Like 14 years ago, we were in kindergarten, you know, she didn't, you know, the, the weirdest things and they hold this grudge. It's, it's, and, but outside they're all smiling and bubbly are amazing, right? The truth will be hidden. We see that, we see that time and time again over here. The, the next, the Gemara also says, Gemara Sotah 49b, it says that the governments will turn into heresy. The, um, you know, the, there's the Chavetz Chaim, the Rav Chana Wasim, and says the name of the Chavetz Chaim, he says, how could it be that, you know, you look at the, the, the people that don't listen to God, uh, or even preach against God, they're very successful. How is it that they're so successful uh, nowadays? So, he says that Rabbi Khan Wasson says that this is ex- this is explicitly in the Torah. It says when there was a there, there was a um, a false prophet, and this speaks about it in Devarim in Deuteronomy chapter thirteen verse two um, and three and four. It says that if there's a false prophet that rises among you, and they'll prophesy, they can even prophesy that the sun is going to stop. 
and guess what? This God will give them power, and the sun will stop. And they'll, they'll, it's, they, you, you know, like they're giving some sort of false prophecy. The question is, why is God allowing this to happen? Why is God giving them the power? And the answer is to test you. It is all part of the test, and this is a test that we'll have also a similar test in the end of days, where there's going to be. Um, we'll, we'll soon see it. Where we're going to bring this out in a little bit to, to more in in the atheistic ideas, but we'll get to that in a second. Where you have these ideas, these strong tests of of, of faith that uh, that that's that's really really going on strong in the in the, you know there's so many Jewish people that they they're going off because of these uh, types of situation. I'll explain that in a little bit. But before we go that, I want to speak about specifically the government. The government, you know, it's um, the Israeli government. Let's speak about Israeli government. So the Israeli government is run right now by, um, you know, not really religious, uh, so much religious people. And uh, the the interesting thing about them is is that you know they don't they they still consider themselves Jewish. So <coughs> they'll date non Jews. They'll uh, eat non kosher food. They would do like every sin possible, but yet they identify themselves as Jewish. Which, which, why? Why do you? I'll, I'll, let me take it a step further. Reform, conservative. Um, they they basically took the entire Torah, made it null and void. So they listen to like zero parts of the Torah, or if they do, listen to very minimal. But yet they call themselves Jew. Like, why are you still holding on to the title? It makes no sense. I'm like, just move on. You know, you're not listening to anything anyway. You, why you build a temple and, and pretend that you're praying to, you know, somebody who you don't believe in even exists? But, it's also but they do birth, believe right? that they're... You, okay, so they believe they're... They believe in Hashem and it's... Some of them birth, don't. Right? Some of them don't. Yeah, um, but like but, in Israel... Like, Israel, they don't, many of them are atheists. What do you mean, the government over there? You think they believe in God? I hope so. I hope so. I don't know. No, doesn't no, doesn't no, sound no, like no, it. They're, no. they're, some of them are anti they're anti it. Yeah, but so, also to be called a Jew, you have to be having Jewish parents or at least... 100%, 100%, but it should be a Jew, like, okay, so you identify as a Jew, but why, why they, like, for example, reform and conservative, they take it to a whole nother level, they're like, no, we're Jewish, and, you know, and they, and they do, like, a whole, all these rituals that, that make absolutely no sense, that have nothing to do with Judaism, uh, basically something that they made up, or is there something that they took off? And these people are actually more dangerous to the Jewish nation than the non-Jews. And I'll give you an example. So let's say you go to Israel. If you go to Israel, um, and the problem is that let's say people go to a club or a bar in Israel, everyone's Jewish over there. It's like, hey, yalla, itzik, mato, let's dance. Hey, hey, it's a boomba, boomba. You know, they, they go all these, they do the dancing together, and itzik is dancing with Sarah. And, you know, and, and unfortunately also you have... Uh, Yitzik with Yitzik. Um you have you know there's there's many 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 problems over there but what happens is when you're going to these places and everyone's Jewish they're like well if they could do it and they're Jewish and I could then it's probably okay you know it's not so bad you sort of feel like you're part of the if you're going to a place and everyone's Italian right everyone's Tony and Christy and everyone's there and then little Moshi comes along you know but you know puts his yarmulke away and you know maybe puts it so he feels like okay I'm at a place over here this is not not for me but all of a sudden if everybody's doing it so it puts yourself in a much a more dangerous situation. So this is very, very dangerous in the level, uh, in, in, uh, you know, the, in the place that we are. And this is what it says, the government, the government will turn into heresy. The government literally are a bunch of heretics. They, they don't believe, go kofrim, and they, who knows what, they, what else they, what they believe and what they don't believe. So there is a, um, a, a and, and, oh, let me tell you, share something with this. The Malbim on Yechaskel, he says that this type of behavior will bring divine wrath and punishment how will it come in form of thirsty Ishmaelim? Thirsty Ishmaelim does not mean that they're thirsty for water. They are thirsty for blood. So it's, it's really crazy how, you know, you see what's happening in Israel. And you see, and again, I'm not here telling you that this is the reason why this is happening. But here's an idea. And here's a thought that Sadiqim before us said that what it is. Now I want to share with you two, um, 
prophecies that was said. Um, so, so there's there's a sefer called Pirkei de Abilazam, which was written by Abilazam and Hulkanus. He uh, lived at, in the time roughly. This is 45 uh, in the Common Era to the year 117 in the Common Era, and I, he he puts like 15 things that will happen with Ishmael, which we're not going to go on today. But I want to go on two specific ones. It says over here. First of all, it says that the Ishmaelim. Uh, well, they will turn cemeteries into garbage jump, dumps and resting places for sheep in order to humiliate and offend the people. Uh, you guys know the news, right? Okay. So, um, I don't think we have to explain that. But I want to even go before, be, even before what happened in America recently. Um, you have, and I don't know if they're Ishmaelim or who they, who they actually were, but when I was in Israel uh, a year and a half ago, I went, so there's a cemetery right near the Kotel uh, called Halazetim. And so I went, uh, I went there... It's terrible. But the Arabs may use it as a shortcut. It's really like... Uh, it's dumb. But I'll tell you what the part that shocked me the most. I was, sitting, I was going over there. You, know, you can't go there unless you're... Either you're crazy, Israeli, or you, you, know, um, you, have, you have security guards. One of those three things you know, makes you allowed to go. So... It's on the, the, the Arab side of... Yeah, it's like right across. The Arabs are like... It's very dangerous. It's a Jewish cemetery. It's a Jewish cemetery. It's not the Muslim side. It's the Jewish side, but the Jews gave it to the Muslim. So, yeah. So... I don't know why. This is, I think, this is the borders, I think, already from a long time ago. So... Anyways, so when when I was in there, so I was I was in I was watch I was actually there with my wife and and I was like and I, I was like saw from this and I'm like are you kidding me? I see this Arab kid, this little Ishmael. He's going over there and he's jumping from tombstone to tombstone, mm-hmm. like he's he's it's a game for him. Does like he he's, even know? Of course he knows. He's like not a little kid. Like he's 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 you know of course he knows. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. And they take a shortcut. They were literally they they jump on the on these tombstones. So you know like the Jewish tombstones in, in Israel, they're very they're very long and they're high. So they're like they're like six feet long and they're high. So there's a nice you know plank part to stand. You know and they're wide also. So he was jumping from one to another. I actually went in an embarrassing way. I took a picture of it just as a proof to show that this the, the prophecy is actually coming true. Yeah, I, I have it somewhere. Yeah, it was. It got me so upset. I'm like, look, even if you hate the people, like let's say let's say there's somebody. It doesn't matter what you know how bad you hate the person. Step on their grave. I'm like, have some decency, some respect for the people that passed away already. Regardless, if you hate them, if you love them, it doesn't matter. Just, you know, where's the decency of respect to jump on them? Number 15. This, again, was written the year 45 to between 40. He was born between 45 and 117 common era. He said like this. This is a prophecy. They will erect, they, the Ishmaelim, they will erect a Muslim house of worship on the site of the sanctuary of the Bet HaMikdash. This was written, you know when, the, when Islam started? The year about 610. When Muhammad, you know, had his whole ordeal. 610. So you're talking about over 500 years before Islam even came to, a pic- to the picture. They said, oh, the, the Arabs in the future. You'll see in the end of the times, they'll build a temple. They'll build a house of worship on the place of the whole, of the holy temple. And if you go over there, you know, you, obviously everyone knows it. It's part of the, it's like, people actually think it's like, it's like part of, they have the Ushanayim picture in the, in the, in the living room and they have like two mosques over there. Yeah. Right? You have Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is that gray, dirty one. And then you have the gold one, which is a different, uh, uh mosque. So, so, you know, you see over here, like, prophecies that are, that it would be impossible to know. Why would you think, well, the Ishmaelim, what were they? were sand worshippers. They worship, who knows, the sand, the stars. You're going to be able to house of worship on the Jewish thing. You know, this is way before that, um, that Islam even came into, into, uh, uh, into being. 
This is Pilkit Rabbi Lazar, chapter 30. He was a Tana in the uh, time of the Mishnah. Back in the time of King Chizkiyahu, there was a book that was called the Book of Remedies. That if you have any sickness, you literally would open up this book, find the sickness that you have, do whatever it says it, automatically 100% healing rate. Automatically, everybody got healed. So everybody would just go, every time they had any issue, they would go to the book, they would open it up, go to their issue, do it, and they would get completely healed. King Chizkiyahu went and he hid it. He hid the book. And the question is, why did he do that? Because he's, you know, it's dangerous to people's life. Because he, and, and the reason is, is because people were starting to, stopping to believe in anything else other than the book. They started, this is, we don't need God. We don't need, we have everything right here. So it was causing, uh, you know, a backwards way of, of actually serving God. God gave you a present, but you're abusing it, and you're not even, you know, thank him, you're not even doing anything. So Chizkiah went, and he, and he hid the, um, the, the, the book. This is also what happened. We just finished Purim. In the story of Purim, the, Estelle, the Jews, you know, the Jews knew that they had a, they had a queen in the, in the palace. I mean, like, they, they weren't sure what side she was on, but like, come on, she's Jewish, she has a Jewish parents, she was sure gonna help us out. But then all of a sudden, Estelle invites Haman and Achashverosh to a party. They're like, are you kidding me? They, she invited our arch enemy to a party? That means that we don't have a queen, she switched sides. And all of a sudden, what did they do when she did that? They started doing even more tshuva. They started even going closer to God. So that whole, that, that, when, when you start realizing that you have no one else to lean on and no one else to rely on other than God in heaven, that's, and when you start relying on God in heaven, that's when the salvation starts coming. And that is one of the things that we have to realize that coming in the end of days, and we'll see, there's gonna be, there's gonna be, we'll, we'll speak about it. That the um, you know the Israeli government, the, all the army, we all rely on a oh, powerful army, great air force, great technology. When we rely on that, we don't rely on God. Very very unlikely chance to, to have a Mashiach coming. But once you start realizing, and there's going to come a time, unfortunately, according to the prophecies, is that there's not going to be an army. There's not going to be like Israel is not going to be what you know, and we're going to have no one else to rely on, only on to God, and that's when the salvation will come. Okay, but let's move on. So the next the next thing that Gemara speaks about is chutzpah. In the time before Mashiach will come, chutzpah is going to increase. A chutzpah is like insolence. I think chutzpah made it into audacity. It made it into the dictionary. I don't think I have to translate that. I think Webster's dictionary has chutzpah already. So, yeah. So it, it, it says that um, you know during the time before Mashiach comes, chutzpah is going to get grow. And and you don't have to know history. You don't have to know what what our great grandparents did, but you could definitely see that chutzpah is going crazy nowadays. It's ridiculous what kids. This is also another thing that, that, that really bothers me. When a kid calls and he's like, he, you know, hey, old man. Like, who are you calling old man? You guys are old man. He could call me old man. I couldn't care yeah, less. No, not Jewish people. I've never seen that. It's usually it's non-Jewish. Right. It's, it's like, hey, I, yeah, it could be. It's possible. I, I've never heard it. Um, but like, I mean, come on. I'm like, this is the guy that raised you, even if he was a drunk. I don't care. But he brought you into this world. Hey, old man. That's like the most derogatory thing. Like, hey, almost dead man. Uh, you might pass me the remote. And be like, you're going to be an almost dead man. You know, call me almost dead man. It's ridiculous how the level of, and, and you, you think about it, kids threaten their parents to, you know, if you don't give me this toy, I'm going to call 911 and tell them that you hit me. Right. You know, it, are you kidding me? The threatening, they're giving them food on their table and a house, a roof over their head, and they're threatening to get the new PS6, 4, 5, whatever we're up to. Um, and, and Xbox 360, 780, whatever numbers. They're, they're, for, for stupid games, they're willing to put the parents in jail. So that they could get certain things. Chutzpah is unbelievable. And, and if you think that's not enough, the, the most embarrassing part, I think, for as a country, is, as American country, is the presidential debate. The presidential debate, I'm like, I, I saw only a clip of it, and I couldn't. Because there's, there, <laughs> they're not debating, uh, they're not like saying, I could do better. They're all like, 
She's terrible. And then it was like, he's terrible. And what you know, what you can do with your orange hair? What you, you know, you, you, you know, whose money are you stealing? And it's going back and forth. Are you going to wear that orange tie again? You know, it's like back and forth and all these things. It's, that's not, what are you, second graders? No, you're fast. No, you're stupid. You know, are you serious? These are the people, I mean, be the most powerful people in the world are, are debating like a bunch of second graders. They're debating like, no, you're, you know, I can't, I can't. For the mind of me, I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. And I'm like, this is what American people are voting on. And who could bash the other person more and put the other person down? The Lashonara that they could possibly say, it, it, it's just, it. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And this is going to be, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the most powerful person in the world. He can knows how to, how to embarrass people in public. Excellent. Uh, you've got to be kidding me. It's, it's, it drove, it, it, like, I, I don't understand that. I really don't understand it. Um, and this is also, it, become, it became like a thing. Um, I think the terminology is called roasting. Where you, where you, it's basically like you take somebody and you have them sit in the head so everybody can see them. And then uh, let me embarrass you till you want to die. And then the the more that I could possibly I'm, oh yeah, Bo Hashem, great. So make yeah, it more public. Like once in a while, they, they roast they, the famous they take person. Us, yeah, they There's take like five us. people, and they roast for their birthday. Yeah, for the oh, it's a celebration. Also, look at that. <laughs> Even for charity, let's do public lashon hara to everybody. You're talking about chutzpah. This is even more. I didn't even know they actually put this on public television. They, they literally yeah. make fun of people in public, and everyone's like sitting there clapping, like that's hilarious. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you urinated in your bed until you were twelve. <laughs> you know, like, who cares? Like, stop. I, I don't understand it. The chutzpah in this, in this. I, I think I gave enough enough examples to realize this is abundantly clear that chutzpah has re- reached an all time high, an all time high. And even even in, in the you know, we, we, this is the non Jewish world. The the Jewish world is better, but still, there's some stuff that we do need to work on. We do got to be careful on, the, on these things. Like you know, you, you have to you have a respect your elders still exists. You know, to stand up. How many people actually stand up when the parents walk into the room? You're supposed to stand up when your parents walk into your room. Yeah. Well, nobody stands up. When you're supposed to, you, there, there's, there are certain things that people do. And, uh, well, obviously one of the topics we have to do is keep it off aim over here. <laughs> um, but one of the, yeah, you have to, you know, you have to show respect to your elders. You have to, not, you know, old man, I'm going to put you in a nursing home if you don't give me this thing. It, it's, it's ridiculous of where, how far we, we have, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, this is why the, the, the Gemara Yivamot, page 79a, that says like this, says, there are three things to know if you're Jewish, that you come from a Jewish nation. You have to be merciful, bashful, and kind. So you have to show, you have, you have to show, show uh, mercy that you know, we, we, we care about other people. And we do. You look, even in Israel, in the secular, the whole secular world, these national disasters, who's first on the scene? Almost always Israel. It could be the worst people. It could be like the terrorists blew up themselves, and you know, so Israel sends in a tank to go help them out. You know, it's ridiculous. Because that's who we are. Do you think most Jews today are bashful? I don't know bashful, but they're merciful. We're getting to bashful next. Bashful um, depends. Bashful is something that needs to be, um, uh, you know, I think the ones that are religious. Bashful is like humble. Yeah. The ones that are religious, yeah. The ones that are not, they can't really explain it, you know. The, you know. But, uh, and chesed, kindness, yeah. Definitely kind and merciful. That's for sure, even the secular, I think. Secular, and you know, they definitely had that. Bashful, it's a good, you know, you bring a good point. I, you know, for, for the, uh, I, I would say still say more than the, than the, than the general, and as, again, this is a general, uh, you know, you know, assumption, but you know, it's, it's definitely more than the, than the non-Jews. Okay, not saying that they're not, they don't have these qualities. I'm saying these are qualities that, that should be shining by, by a Jew. The, the, um, and, and, and the, the Chavetz Chaim says, it says, you know, like, 
the, you know, even before that, the, the Gemara in Yuma, page 9b, says, you know, the second temple was destroyed because of baseless hatred. Because of saying Lashon Because of embarrassing people, like, you know, in public, like, that, that people do that now. This is the reason that the Beit HaMikdash was, was, uh, was destroyed. So how, now we have to work the other way around. We have to work the other way around and love every single Jew. We united every Jew. Who cares where you come from? Who cares what nation you're from? We love you all. It doesn't matter. And one of the ways to do that is to seriously try loving everybody. Just try loving every single Jew. Regardless of if they did something bad to you, did something good to you, you've never seen them before in your life, it doesn't matter. You have to, you have to instill that with, with that in you. If you love somebody, you'll never speak bad about them. About- um, the chutzpah, this also, you know, arrogance, pride, also comes from chutzpah. And we spoke about this plenty of time. You know, if someone is proud, he is, uh, it's as if you serve idols. And we know it speaks about Torah. It's, it's, it's literally, it's abomination to God for someone who is, who is pride. And nowadays, everybody has ego. Everybody has pride. And it's weird because they could have, I've seen it both. And it's like, it's like, well, it's like a, you know, scientific, you know, discovery. They have like extremely high pride and then at the same time, extremely low self-esteem. It's like, ta-da! You know, magic. And, uh, which is not, there's obviously, there's obviously, you know, a, a reasonable explanation for it. But everybody has pride. Even, <clears throat> you look at people that, they're living on welfare. And they are, you know, and, and I've been to those places. I've been to those places, not Jewish places. Um, and places that, that, uh, that, uh, people should not be there, you know, in the, any time after like 12 in the morning, because that's when everyone wakes up. But like until the next, you know, you have like a few hours where it's like safe to go in there. Um, like projects. Um, so, so I thought that was clear. But okay. So anyways, you, I've been to those, pro- you know, you have people that are literally, they're sitting by the steps, they smoke weed all day, and they're little, but you, if you look at them the wrong way, the white boy, what you looking at? You know, they all of a sudden they stand up, they gotta pick up their pants. First of all, it's falling, right? They brush off their new it's Nikes. Yeah, yeah. And and they start walking walking toward you. I'm like I'm like I'm just I'm just I'm just walking there. You know, like like not looking at you, trying to find the address. You know, like and and they, I'm like who I'm looking at you. So what? What are you gonna do now? I mean, I, I love my life, so I wouldn't say that. Um, but but generally, like like who who are you? What is this your land? You don't even pay for this. You're, the government pays for you to doing that. The government gives you extra money. You're taking that money and you're, you're, you know, you're buying joints with it and you're doing, a, you know, and that's being kind of the other stuff. That, forget about the other stuff. That, 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 <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, uh, that also, but I'm saying like, I'm like, where's your ego coming from? I'm like, I understand, uh, you know, you know, maybe you made some money, you know, maybe, you know, you did something in your life, you know, even if you didn't make money, you're just a smart person. You study a lot. I'm like, you play video games and you smoke weed. I'm like, where's your pride coming from? Like, what, you, you, you could beat the newest level of whatever shooting games there? I don't know. I wish I could give examples. I'm sorry. Uh, sniper or something. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Because, because of the history, they feel a sense of entitlement. Because uh, <sighs> They were abused as a people, yeah, yeah, 200 years ago. So we were slaves also. We'll get over it. All right? We were slaves in Egypt also for many years. All right? Um, okay. So, anyways. So, um <laughs> I love everybody the same. <laughs> Everyone's awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Okay. So sometimes I just don't know, and I might just go, what? Just a little bit overboard. Just a little bit. I mean, I know I'm by the borderline almost every single class. So it's just like, we're just getting that one step too much. All right. Anyways. So moving forward. The, ah, here we go. So the, um, the, it, you know, you have, um, you know, uh, we're going to speak a little bit about faith now. So it's much better to have simple faith and realize that, you know, there is a, um, you know, b- even believe in everything. 
and be gullible than have no faith and be very questionable about everything. Which means it's like, oh, no, no, this and this. So it's better, because then at least you'll get some truth. If you have no faith, if, if you're, if you're so, I, I, I'm trying to get the word and I don't know, like, it, it's better to be that simple-minded. Where was that? Oh, the, the simple-minded is, there's, Naive is, is, in a way, sometimes it's good, because then you'll start believing in everything, so you'll believe part of the Torah, part of the good stuff. So, like I guess so, yeah. So, but it come, when it comes in the time of, of um, before Mashiach, so this is, this is uh, you know, unbelievable. So this is where we're going to speak about a little bit about atheism. So you have the, um, the Archaim says that in the time before the Jews left Egypt, they, they reached the 49th level of impurity, of Tumah. And it says that when it comes a time before Mashiach, they're going to leave, the, they're going to reach the 50th level of Tumah. And, you know, so, so the question is, is that when, the reason why we had to get out of Egypt when we were on the 49th level is because if we would have stayed even a second more, we would have been unredeemable. We wouldn't be able to come out because we had been too much impure. So how is it possible that we could go to the, to the 50th level in, in the time before Mashiach and still get redeemed? And the Archim explains this because we'll have the Torah. The Torah, before Egypt, we didn't have the Torah. With, at, now we're in, we have the Torah. The Torah will be able to get us even out of the 50th level of, of Tumah. Explains to Archim, what is the 50th level of Tumah? And he says that it's like atheism. Atheism and, and heresy and heretics. So the, um, you know, I did a little bit of research on this and I got a bunch of different numbers. What percent of the world do you think is atheistic? Seventy. Wow, that's no, actually, no, 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 no. Fifteen. Twenty. Well, that's actually really good. Fourteen percent. When I did, I got fourteen percent. Fourteen percent. So you're talking about like nine hundred and eighty million people don't believe in anything, and it's rising. It's not like you know, it's a dying thing. It's actually a very, very rising. Uh, thing. I've met a lot more people recently. Yeah, they do. Uh, they usually don't know that they're. They think that they're atheists, but then they're not. They they just don't know anything. Um, the, there is, um, yeah, it does. How do you think, like, this is all no, possible? Are there some people that just don't. They're arrogant. No, I think the, some people are just upset what happened to them when they were younger. So oh, it could yeah, be. So that could be. I don't believe that a God would yeah. actually do that to that's them. True. It could be. That could be. That's very likely. There was, uh, in, two, in January 2016, a group of atheists, um, put a, um, a federal lawsuit to drop the phrase in God we trust on the dollar. Like, that offended them. They They're like, God. no, no, it's still there. They're like, you know, like, I'm like, are you serious? Like, are you offended? What? Get, who cares if you're offended? Like, what does that mean? Like, people, you know, their emotions today, they're like, you know, like, Mission you know. boycott money. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> Let them boycott mo- uh, money together with Israel. I'm like, what do you mean you're, you know, like, this is like, we don't believe in it, so why is it on our money? I'm like, come on. You got it. And this is the same idea. You know what o- Obama, and he wanted to do with the bathroom situation? The, the je- tra- transgender. Um, let's get in a little bit into a little bit more controversial, shall we? Um, so the, the, you know, this is also something very, I'm like, you know, you can't, you can't offend them because if he's a boy, but he considers himself a girl, so he could go to the girl bathroom. And, and this was like, for, for people that were smart, I mean, they had, they, I can't, something going on in the brain, you know, the law degrees, they're like, and they're like, yes, yes, that sounds, that sounds very smart. I'm like, N- you can't change biology. You're a boy. I don't care if you think you're a dragon. You're a boy. You, I, what do you mean? Uh, well, I think I'm a cat. So now, you know, I don't pay taxes. Like I could imagine. She walks around purring and just... Yeah, I, I mean, I could imagine. And these people do need to, you know, and, and granted, they should get the help that they need. I'm not saying, I'm not, I don't want to put them down. God forbid. They, they, you know, they have their issues and they, they need to deal with it the way that they need to deal with it. But you can't just start saying that, okay, I'm a boy, so now, but I, 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 I call myself a girl, so then I could go to the girl's bathroom. No, you cannot. You can't. That, that I, I, I find that is a big problem. Like, you know, it... If there's a girl who considers herself, I don't want a girl in a man's bathroom, and I'm sure girls don't want boys in in, in their bathroom. And I'm like, this was okay for the president. It, it was right. Then am I am I wrong in the? 
I think he did do something. He did something. I don't know if he did or not. I don't, I'm not up with my politics. bullying workshop, because I'm in education, and they taught us that if a child goes to the bathroom of a different sex because they're transitioning, you're not allowed to say anything, because if you do... You're bullying. Ah, uh-huh, very good. So, uh, listen, I'm not saying that you should be making fun of them, and, and they have serious conditions, and if they think like that, it, there's, there's definitely issues that they need to deal with it. But you can't tell the person. It's like, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, you go to somebody and, you know, say, well, you know, how old are you? Well, I consider myself 50. I'm like, how old is you on your birth certificate? I'm like, what, what, what's your day? I'm 19, but I consider I'm self 50. Now, can I buy some alcohol? That would should just like it should work. That if you're a boy that you want to be a girl, so too it should be the same thing. I, I justify myself as a, in a certain age, but no, 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 no. We gotta care about everybody's emotion. And you're gonna just jump off yeah. the building and, and hope you're it's, gonna stop so, lying. So, People who have gender issues or are gay, the, um, is there a reasoning for something that they did in their past life? It could be. It could be. I mean, these these are legitimate issues. I'm not downplaying. God forbid any of these issues. Any of these issues, regardless of what the issues, they think they're a boy, they think they're a girl, they think they're a cat. It doesn't matter. They, it's legit. It's legitimate issues that they have to deal with. Um, and and you know, and there's a lot of Hashem should help them with, the, with their recovery. But there are reasons for it, yeah. There are reasons. Uh, it could be a previous life. So, you know, an example would be, let's say, um, and this is not per, not particularly, but let's say somebody who is who is pro, you know, to the gay side, uh, it's very likely that, you know, in a previous life, he was, he acted that way because out of his own, you know, fruition, out of his own will. And now when he's coming back, he's going to be putting in the same situation and he's going to be born like that. They could be born in that way. I, I, you know, I, I believe in that. I believe that a person could be born a, um, you know, opposite, you know, thinking that they're, you know, attracted to the, to the same sex or whatever it is. It's very likely and it's and it's and it's and it could be very likely be that one of the reasons of their past life. Again, I'm not saying I know the reasons for that for everybody, but that is a possible reason why why it uh, can be. But atheism is unfortunately on a crazy crazy uh, high now. And there was a guy that I know that his father passed away. His mother refused refused that he should take Kaddish for, for for his father. And I'm like, even the slight, the 1% chance, why would you want your husband to suffer? Uh, maybe she does want that, I don't know. But assuming that it's a happy marriage, why would you want to do that? Why would you... And, and this guy also associates himself as an atheist. He doesn't believe in anything. He doesn't believe. I had plenty of conversations with him and only to real, only that he would realize that he doesn't know what he doesn't believe in because he doesn't, you know, he, very, very minimal knowledge. Uh, bright guy, unfortunately, very on a very stupid path. But um, you have these people that they're so strong on these atheistic ideas and they don't, they're, they're not changing. And then, and, and it's, it's ridiculous. It's literally what the, what the, the Gemara says is going to be at the end of time. What Orachim also explains. There is even more than that. Is that you have, um, and, and, you know, you have a lot of, you know, Jews. You have Bokhashem, you have, you have, you have, you have, you know, people are coming in and people going out in the Jewish faith. Um, and, you know, Bokhashem is coming in in mass. Like, there's so many people doing Shuvah, but there's unfortunately a lot that are leaving. There are a lot that are leaving. And, um, and I wanna, I wanna say the Chafetz Chaim, I believe it was, he said the prime cause for this, for the youth leaving, is the weakening in faith. They, they don't, they, they're losing faith, these, these young people, or their parents are not teaching them enough of these, or whatever the situation is. The, in faith in the eternal afterlife, so in Olam Abba, and listen to this, in reward and punishment, that you think that everything that you do, you're going to get reward or punish for it, and finally with the coming of Mashiach. People don't believe, and you have one of the 13 principal faiths, you have to believe in the Mashiach. Okay, oh, it's getting a little bit late. We have a few minutes, we have to, let me get to my show and tell. Okay, so, um, this is, um, you know, uh, we have to, we we'll have to skip in it, we have to skip a few things, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, uh, you know, people go and they take the serious things and they make it a joke. They like, they, they don't keep Shabbat, they don't keep all these things, and they think it's okay, they think they're okay, or whatever, I'm still a good person. 
if you don't give Shabbat, you're in serious problems. Like, like serious, like the worst problem that you could possibly think of, or one of the worst problems, you're in that situation. And people are like, no, it's all I know. Well, my friends are not doing it. We're texting. It's fine. It's all nice and dandy. And even more, they have people that are decimating books and, and pamphlets and information. There's an organization. I'm not going to call, I'm not going to say its name. There's an organization that literally goes and tries to get people out of Judaism. Oh it's God. started by Jews that went off and, to help them, they give them free education. Yeah, people are donating to these things. Jews are donating to these things. This I'll tell you, Jews are very kind. No matter God, they will donate to anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We'll love to give them, you know, to donate. So, but you have these things, and, and you know, they're making fun of the of the Gemara. They're making fun of the, all the big rabbis, and it's it's you know, it's really pulling people away. So, the um, okay, so let's skip a little bit of here. Now the. We'll speak about one of the, the, the Gemara and Sotah says that in the time before Mashiach, it says that the generation which Mashiach will come, there will be a meeting place for, can I borrow this for a second? In the meeting, the meeting place, um, before Mashiach, the, the, there will be meeting places for our, for our holotry. It means is that in the time before Mashiach, there is going to be a lot of immodesty. And we're going to finish off with it. This is going to be our last topic. We'll, we'll, we'll take a few more minutes and, and we'll finish off with this. The, the the lack of modesty that's going to be before the Mashiach will be at an all time high, and and we're definitely definitely seeing that. And it, it says also the Gemara. This is the Gemara in Sotah, by the way, forty nine b. It says that in the last in the last test where the Bnei Saul had in the desert, they fell prey to the woman of Moab. There's a very interesting story that went over there. We don't have the time to go into that. But just as that last test was also in the woman, so too there will be the last test will be also with um, in in uh, um, with with uh, involving women and in modesty in the time before Mashiach comes. That um, and this is not it's not just like a normal immodesty. It's going to be actually like meeting places of immodesty, public meeting places. And, uh, and like, if you go to like synagogues, even you go to synagogues where people come to shul and the woman, they're dressed like they're going clubbing afterwards, not that they're going to a shul. I'm talking about the modern, modern places. I'm like, the, you know, like that, these, this is like, like meeting places, literally, that, Bate Midrash and Bate they're coming over there, but they're coming completely immodest. That, um, you know, and Rabbi Moshe Schwab explains this and he says, you know, that in the previous generations, these are one thing that we excelled in. We excelled in modesty. We excelled, we were, like, you look at the pictures of your, of your grandparents, it was, you know, you, you know, you, you literally, you can't tell if they were religious or not by the way they dressed, because everyone was modest. Everybody was, everyone was modest. So, um, Listen to this. Listen to what um, Rashi and Ibn Ezra explain like this. They, they say, I'm going to actually read it because it's... Uh, Women who avoid attracting attention attention to themselves with eye-catching clothing and behaviors are considered to be clothed in garments more significant than the gold setting of the Kohen Gadol. That's the level that you can reach by just dressing uh, modestly. Than the golden uh, settings of the Kohen Gadol, what the Kohen Gadol uh, wore. Uh, this is not only for women. Also, men actually obviously have to go and, and um, you know be careful of, of what they of what they look at. But, uh, you know, in the time before Mashiach comes, it's, the, the, the test is, is gonna be a very, very big test in modesty. Modesty is gonna, is gonna play at a, at a, at like an all-time high. Listen to what the Khatam Sofel says. The Khatam Sofel says that, that, you know, the final exile, there's no day that, every day is more troubles. More problems, more this, and more issues here, more issues, more issues there. More than the prior exiles. And he says, you know why? Because in the prior exiles, they, you know, everyone was modest. But in the final exile, there's not gonna be, there's gonna be immodesty. And with immodesty, there's no graver sin than that in the Torah, that it constantly brings problems to the people. Uh, and um, I just realized I need a few more minutes. Are you guys okay with that? If you guys need to go, then please feel free. But I, I just want to, while we're here, we have to get the, um, so, um, the, the, well, immodesty is not just in dress. It's in talk, in the way you walk, in the way you present yourself. Modesty is, is in everything. And one of the things that, that women should not do, and this is really for, for married women, 
they should not talk, uh, a very, very immodest thing is to talk to your, even to your woman friend, about your personal married life. And you look in the, in the world today, it's not a class about divorce, but the, you know, about the, the craziness that goes on in divorce and the cheating and, the, and all this terrible things that are going on nowadays. And, you know, like, it's literally we're living in such a generation of immodesty. This is all boils down to immodesty that was unprecedented before. I don't think ever in history was this much cheating going on and this much, you know, d- disgusting immodesty going on. Well, for sure the immodesty part, but even the, the hidden things was never this bad. And the Gemara says before Mashiach comes, this is going to be a very, very big test. The, um, you know, and I even, I even asked this regarding the dress. I asked this a bunch of guys. I asked this multiple times. I gave the guys two, two, uh, two choices. Um, I said, number one, you could have a very, very pretty wife, but she's going to be immodest. Or... You could have a less prettier wife, but she's going to be modest. But still pretty, but not on that level. You know, so, you know, guys are easy to understand the numbers. So I said, you know, let's say you have, you have like a nine or an eight as a pretty one. And then you'll have like a six and a half, you know, for a, uh, for, for the modest one. 99% of them, do you know what they chose? Immodest. Nope. Really? Yep, they chose the modest ones. And I'm speaking to people, by the way, that are not religious. I'm speaking to people that are not religious. They're, they're speaking to the novel. Women go and they, they dress in a certain way because they think this is what guys want. This is what guys want. And, you know, they'll get attention. they get that. If you really realize what they want, the guys are not, at, you know, granted, usually they see that, they think easy prey. But, but, but if you, I've asked a guy, there's like one or two in every class, they'll be like, you know, whatever, I'll take the, you know, the, the immodest one. You know, there are the ones, by the way, that you know they're not ready to get married. They're not ready to get married. And, you know, I've thrown a few more details. But the majority of the people, they rather, they, they're walking down the street. They don't want everybody looking at their woman. They want this, 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 this is, guys are very possessive. And a woman who dressed like that thinks that she's, you know, she's, you know, this is what the guys want, this is what that. People don't realize that they're, they're, no, no, nobody wants it. Nobody's like, nobody's looking for it. You're granted, you're doing that way. You think you'll get certain guys. They're not the guys that you want. Not the guys that's going to want to put a ring on it. I'll tell you that much. Um, so, the, um, you know, modesty really, Really goes to 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 a whole nother level uh, uh, this day. Wait, Robert, what about people who are picky with looks? Like that's not. Yeah, they're usually single for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, I'm serious. They're not. Uh, Rav Shmuel Halevi Wozner. He said like this. He said people think that you know guarding your eyes is just for for men. Men have to guard their eyes. He says women have to guard their eyes just as much as men. Women have the ability. You know, people think okay, I'm a woman. I could read dirty books. I could do you know. Uh, I could read. I could watch certain things. I, I don't have the temptations that a man says. You know, Rav Wasner. No, no, no. Says a woman has the same. Just like a man has when you know he has to guard his eyes at every given moment in time. So too a woman has to guard her eyes. She can't go looking at things that she's not supposed to be looking at. People really don't know this halacha. People you know think it's only for men. It's not. That the fact that, you know, Torah says, you should not stray after things. It also goes for a, man, for a woman. A woman is also not allowed to look at these things. A woman is also not allowed to, you know, so, you know, you have, you know, these people that watch movies and there's an immodest scene. So the woman thinks she's at Snuat, so the cast, she covers her husband's eyes. She said, don't look. I'll tell you when you can look. Like, who says you can look? Who says you can look? So, um, the, and, um, so, so that's, that's a, you know, problem also in, in, uh, modesty. And, the, what women also don't realize is that when they're immodest, when they're dressed immodestly, and there's a guy that sins because of them, they get the same sin that the guy gets. Cause they were, they were an associate, assistant, assist. She did, you know, she did a very nice assist to help this guy. And, uh, now the punishment, every pleasure that he goes and he extracts from that, uh, you know, from that looking, she is responsible for that also. Like, it's like a... Without even knowing that's what the guy... Without even knowing. If, if she would know, she'd probably throw off. What if 
modest, but you're just dressed pretty. Like, people still... Won't. If you're modest, put it this way, if you're modest, there's nothing wrong with dressing... And by the way, this is not a hard halal. People think that this is very difficult. There's nothing wrong with dressing nice. There's nothing wrong with dressing good. As long as it meets all the halakhic requirements, then you are fine. You're, even if somebody else looks at you and does a sin because of you, you're not held responsible for that. As long as you did what you're supposed to do. If you didn't do what you're supposed to do, then, um, you know, then you're, you know, and, and it's like, it's, it's the, it's like a dumb, it's like I didn't even get pleasure from that and I'm getting punished for that. Like, it's not worth it. It's a lose-lose situation. You don't gain, you don't gain from it. And the Chazonish says, they once asked him, they said, um, you know, a man, his main thing, his merit is learning Torah. What is a woman's main merit? And they, they, he said, Tzniut. One word, modesty. If she's mod, Tzniut, a modesty does for a woman what learning Torah does for a man. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Uh, the Chazonish. Aram Prague also says that the main praise for a woman, the main thing is her is determined by her level of tzniut. The more tzanua that woman is, the higher that she is considered. Which is, you know, ridiculous. You could gain so much, considered like, you know, you kept the entire Torah by the fact of just being modest. It's, it's, yeah, it is. It's very difficult. I know it's difficult. I mean, I, I don't know, no, it's difficult, but, <laughs> but I hear that it's very difficult. So, um, and I understand that it's very difficult. But at the same time, the more difficult something is, the greater the reward is. You, you figure it, it comes in, in, uh, in the same level. And the, and the Gemara also says, you know, like, the hus- a husband loves his wife when he's, when she's modest. A husband will love his wife more if she, when she's modest. Um, and the Gemara in Baba Mitzvah 87a explains, okay, we gotta finish up. It uh, explains that, um, that, you know, the, the, when the angels came over to Abraham, they said, where's your wife? As if they didn't know where his wife was. He's like, no, she's in, she's in the tent. They knew that he, that, he, that, that she was in the tent. He knew that she was in the tent, but they wanted to make Abraham love his wife more. Cause he'll be like, oh no, she's modest. She's inside. That's why, a, 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 a woman who is modest brings, makes her husband love her more. Granted, there's some weirdos, weird guys, that they want their, their, their wife to dress like she's working the corner. She, she wants, they want, they want, they're like, no, you know, I, I, you know, and, and they're, they're a little bit twisted, their, their mentality and their, and their, you know, thoughts. But, um, a, a normal, regular husband will be more attracted and happier and, and will be more in love with a woman that's modest than a woman that's showing it off to everybody in the street and, and, uh, you know, nothing to do with him. Like, wanted her, his wife to come out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and see, look at what happened to her. So the lesson for some of all the women that want to go to Mena. So, um, there's, so people think that it's very hard, and it's very difficult, and I know it's very difficult. So I was driving, uh, I was driving, uh, you know, about a, a few weeks ago, back, uh, was me, my wife, and, uh, you know, someone who's very close with my wife, a woman, and she has a very, very hard struggle with, with modesty. So, Start speaking about modesty. Um, get a nice shoe in the in the car, and um, and and we start speaking about modesty. And then and then you know, and, and she kept on saying she's you know she's like I want to be more modest. And almost every single girl wants to be more modest. There's like a want for it. If it's not a want, it's like a want to want. It's like there. It's like you know it might be at fourteen thousand miles away, but it's like it's a goal. Maybe if I'm eighty five, I'll reach. You know, it's like at least something in the future. But um, so she's like, listen, I want to do it. So I'm like, so, so do it. What's up? It's like, no, it's not so hard. It's easy. And, you know, this, like, I, but I really, I would love to do it. I would love to be modest. I really, I, I, and this is our words. I feel prettier when I'm modest. And I'm like, so let's do it. And, uh, you know, so, um, she's like, yeah, but it, you know, this and that. I said, you know what? You're, you're right now willing to be, mo- be more modest. We're going to go right now. I was dropping her off anyways. My wife is very close with her. My wife will go up with you. Put all your immodest clothes in a bag. And, um, and, and I'll just hold them. It will be in our house. If you ever want them back, 
It's yours. I'm not going to throw them out. I'm not going to burn them. I'm not going to do anything. Just give them to me, and I'll put it in the house. And uh, I says this way, it's going to make you more modest. And I'll tell you. And I said, I know what. I'll arrange for you that you'll be able to get to buy uh, a lot more, you know, uh, modest clothing. And I was able to work it out for her. So she's like, you know what? Fine. You know, we got all pumped up. And I'm like, fine. All right. If you know anybody who's in business, the way that you're supposed to go in business is the ABCs in business is always be closing. ABC, always be closing. If you have a client that's ready to sign, you don't wait till tomorrow and we'll go for coffee and we'll sign. No, your client's ready to sign. I don't care if it's 1130 at night. You're signing 1130 at night because that's when you're going to close. Don't wait till the next day. So see over here, her heart is warming up. Her heart is wants to do the right thing. We're closing tonight. It was, it was literally 11.30. We're coming back from a wedding. And, um, or a show about something. So I'm like, you know what? We'll go right now. So it's like, no, we'll do tomorrow. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's like, no, it's late. We have a babysitter. You're like, no, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll come now and we'll do it. So she goes and she, she, you know, she goes and she takes, I have maybe 30 pieces plus of clothing. This one I slept all the way over here. I want, I even the camera to see this entire, by the way, it's a garbage bag full for everybody who's listening, a garbage bag full of immodest clothing that I'm holding in my hand right now from a woman who decided that she's going to dress more modest, not because her parents forced her. Her parents couldn't kill us. She could do whatever she wants. Doesn't matter. Her parents don't kill us. Only because she wanted to do, and if you say it's very difficult, I know it's difficult, but here's proof of somebody who was able to do it. Somebody who was, who was going through a lot, she was able to do it. If she was, and by the way, this is a, you know, immodest clothing, you can fit a lot because it's not a lot of material. So it's a lot of, even though, you know, it's a full garbage bag, but it's a lot of, it's like almost, um, you know, 30, I don't know what the terminology is, outfits, uh, you know, over here. Uh, you know, the, the, there's a lot of stuff. This was very heavy to walk over here. I wanted to bring it in here to show you, inspire you about what this is, and also that we're going to be selling. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> joking, I'm joking. No, 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 I'm still keeping it. I'm still keeping it in my, in my, you know, in my house. If she wants it back, it's hers. The, it's, this is, and this is what I recommend. Modesty is very hard. I know it's very hard. Use that method. Use that method. Find a friend and be like, listen, this is all my modest, immodest clothing. Hold it for me. Don't do anything. Put it in my, anything. And you know, you can do that. And, and all of a sudden, it's not in your closet anymore. You're not going to have that temptation to actually go and do it. And, and, and it's an unbelievable, it's an unbelievable, you know, idea that you could actually go. And it's like people have a very hard time throwing everything away. If you're able to, don't, don't, don't donate it. Burn it. Burn it. You know, by the way, after 120, God, because why, why, why it's immodest. Why nobody else is? Oh, if not Jews, they have no clothing or they do not have to be modest. They do have to be modest. You know, well, I guess so. The um, but you know, after 120, what they're gonna do for this for the they're gonna come and they're gonna bring all the meat spot on one scale, all the avot on one scale. They're gonna take this, and this is heavy, by the way. This is very heavy. You know, they're gonna put it on the side of meat spot. It's gonna sink all the way down. It's going to make one of those sounds because the scale is just going to break because that's how much it's worth. The tzniut is worth so much, it's literally going to break the scale of regardless of what, the, you know, sins. And about. The tzniut is so important. They're going to be able to, she's going to be able to accomplish so much by just doing what she just did. You don't know how much, you know, and I asked her, I asked her like a while back, uh, you know, uh, like a bath that's, I'm like, are you regretting it yet? Like, you know, like, where are you right now? Like, you know, do we have to, like, we're going to, and she's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm good. You know, it gets, you know, obviously there's the test and the temptation that comes back, but she was able to do it. And this is a woman that had no pressure from parents. That no, pr- she she could have done whatever she wanted to. She you know she was brought up you know dressing you know whatever she wanted to do. And yet she went and she did this. That means that everybody here has the same ability that she did. You should take it as an inspiration, as a thing to do. Don't wait till tomorrow. If you're listening to this online, don't wait till you wake up. Do it tonight. Do it tonight. This is going to bring the Mashiach. This is going to bring the redemption. The redemption is going to come. Just like the first, re- by the way, the first redemption was a merit of, of the woman. The holy righteous woman is, the, is, was the merit of the, of the redemption of Egypt. So too the last redemption is going to be in merit of the woman. The merit of the woman is going to bring it. Come on guys, we're waiting. Let's go.
Throw out all those immodest clothing. You have some questions? No, I was going to say, if she, do, if she does attempt it, she may also be embarrassed to come and ask for it. So that's going to keep her... Yeah, but my wife is very close with her. Very close. Um, so she's a chill... You know. Still, it's like kind of... Yeah, so it pushes it... Right. So, um, yeah, which, which, so give it to a friend. Even, give, even if it works for a week. You know, sometimes, you know, like, you know how, you know, people go to rehab? You know how do they, they judge a good rehab place? By the time between your relapse. You know, so like, okay, you know, you came out of, you know, you have a cocaine addict, but you came out not do, you know, for like six months. I'm like, that's pretty good. So let's say a girl is able to do it for like six months. I'm like, oh yeah, that's good. Then you, if you fall, so then you get right back on it and you see how long you last the next time. It's something that you should definitely not throw it out. You know, keep it, you know, keep, keep the, um, don't throw out the idea. Throw out the clothing by all means. You don't need the clothing. But it's an idea that you could easily be modest without giving it up completely. And eventually you'll get used to it and you'll love it. You'll, you'll see so much blessing in your life as well. Oh, we should probably say what, what modesty is. That's probably a good idea. You know, I'll do a quick thing. So, uh, modesty, first of all, very quickly, it's, you have, you have to have certain parts of your body covered. So your collarbones over here, so it can't be open up, uh, you know, very open yeah, in, in the top. Yeah. So it should be, um, it's, it should be as close as possible. There's the, the, you know, I mean, not like, like you're choking. But like I'm saying, like you know, uh, um, then you have um, then you have also the elbows. So this is you know very you know thing. So the elbows should be covered with with the clothing, and the knees should be covered. The knees should be covered when you're sitting down. So sometimes people you know are going and you know they're uh, constantly doing this. You know, trying to stretch fabric that the leather doesn't stretch. Woman, you know, relax. You know, and it's like you know they keep on trying to you know. So it's it's you know that it should be covered when you're when you're sitting down, and it should not be like flashy like neon pink you know that's even if it's like even if you're just you know like if it covers all the places but if it's flashy thing that's also immodest uh, and obviously tight clothing i think that's basically that's pretty much you know it that you know and you can find such nowadays um fashion is becoming a little you know like the weird fashion are becoming more modest right they're they're doing like like kosher style stuff the halakha is like this the halakha is that obviously the more modest you are the better off you are I'm, obviously the more that you are the, the more blessing that will come to you and by the way it says that a lot of a lot of 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 poverty which is money problems and um and other other problems come because of immodesty come because of modesty so it's a it's a really well not married not married doesn't matter if you're married, then yeah, obviously to the whole household. But even even single, it still it brings problems. It brings problems, um, and you don't you don't gain much from it. I know idea is is it's extremely extremely important in the Torah. It's extremely important, and it has to be taken into into that level of importance. And literally, it's a time right before Mashiach comes. This is going to be the test. The test is that we have to work on it, and we have to you know we well you guys have to. Well, we also have to. The men also have to. We also have to be careful how we look. We're not going to look at certain things. We're not we have, we have to be modest in in, in our sense as well. Is there anything in the Torah that says you have to cover your hair? Yes. You're a married woman. Yes, biblically. Biblically meaning from the Torah, like it's it's it, yeah. So one of the most important things, one of the most important things for a woman um, is to cover her hair. Um, that's one of the most modest things, and it actually says a lot. The Mishnah Buah brings it down. I, I wish if they have a Mishnah Buah here, I would actually show it to you inside. Um, yeah, I'm sure they do. They would have to. Um, but it says that in the Mishnah Buah, it brings down like, and, and the, the Chavetz Chaim doesn't speak a lot about Kabbalistic things, and he speaks about. He says you want to have righteous children, holy children, good children. Cover the woman. The more that she covers her hair, the more modest is. The more righteous the children so will every be. Every woman that covers her hair has righteous children. Not necessarily, but more righteous than they would have been otherwise. All the hair. The here is something that's it's considered elva. It's uh, here. Here should be something only for your husband. Here makes a woman very beautiful, and that should be reserved only for your husband. But isn't there a deeper spiritual understanding? Because, like, there's no prohibition for a married woman to look beautiful. It's just just to be modest. There's a difference. Yeah. So, like, 
some, there's always this question about when it, they, when it comes up with the, the issue with wigs. So, from what I've learned, it, there's no issue. That, let's say people say, oh, makes their wigs should be asur because it makes them prettier than they were before. But I thought the, the hair is erva, not because it's pretty. There are many, many, many big, big poskim that are very against wigs. You know what they do in the sota? When a woman committed adultery, they would uncover her hair. That would be an embarrassment for her. Now everybody's like uncovering their hair, like was that the you know they love like, Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a it's a serious serious thing. Covering hair, I didn't even touch upon that today because there's so much to talk about that. But covering the hair is one of the most important. Yeah, it's it's like the top thing over there with modesty. It's a top thing, and it brings so much blessing into the house. But it's so much. It is very very hard. Yeah, it's very difficult. If somebody's bored up in a way that it's it is it's very hard. I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm not, listen, I'm not saying any of these stuff is easy. Um, but this stuff still exists. And, and just like it's hard, it comes with tremendous amount of baha. Tremendous amount of, uh, you know, things that, that, that should become with it. And then the flip side also, when you don't do it, it comes with tremendous, tra- you know, problems. So it, it, there's a reason these things are extremely, extremely important. Difficult, very, I know it's very difficult. Somebody who has never d- done it, it's, it's very hard. It's very hard. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.